8 first. I'll put it up on the screen. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. It says this, speaking of God, God has shown you, He has shown you, O man, what is good. Man, we could just preach the rest of the month of January right there. I mean, He's shown you what is good. The Bible says that when you put your trust in men instead of God, that one of the things that does is it blinds you to what's good. He says that when you trust in men instead of God, you can't see good when it comes. But aren't you glad that He's showing us what is good? Amen. And we're seeing it. He's showing us what's good. He, he's showing us what's right. Amen. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, we could talk about living justly and what that means, righteously. And we could talk about humility, and that's a theme that we cover around here on a regular basis. But tonight we're continuing our study on a merciful heart. And we've said that faith will flourish in a merciful heart. When Jesus taught us about faith and about prayer, we see that He always included in those teachings uh, some instructions about forgiveness some instructions about um, you know, letting go of hurts and, 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 and not to take the offenses and to allow our hearts to be troubled by people or things that would uh, be offensive to us. Because faith will not work in an unforgiving heart, but it will flourish in a merciful heart. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And we are endeavoring to be men and women after God's own heart, meaning to, to have a heart in us like He has in Himself, a heart to go with His image, an interior that lines up with the exterior. Now, just to review a few things, we've said that humility is to mercy what pride is to judgment. Humility is to mercy what pride is to judgment. If you're, if you're going to extend mercy to other people, you're going to have to humble yourself to do it. You, you can't be prideful and merciful at the same time. And we see that these two very important characteristics go hand in hand with one another and produce tremendous benefits in our lives. We know that um, in order to grow and experience and, and enjoy more of God's grace in our lives, we have to humble ourselves. The Bible says that He gives grace to the humble. And then we also know that uh, to experience and enjoy more of God's mercy in our lives, we increase in the mercy we experience and enjoy by extending that mercy to other people. The mercy that you show other people is the mercy that God will in turn show to you. But to love mercy is different than having it or showing it or, or trying to be merciful. Father wants us to actually love mercy because He loves mercy. God, does, God is not, let me say it another way, because I think, I think religion would have us think that God is merciful, but He is, he is begrudgingly merciful. 
In other words, he's merciful, but he don't, he don't like it. It's like he's merciful because he's God and he's got to be merciful, but if I had my way, I'd get him. I know, see, see that, that, that's not him. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of mercy, but clearly he prefers mercy over judgment. He said in his word that mercy triumphs, rejoices over judgment. So to love mercy means to have a heart connection with it. To love mercy means to desire it, to, to pursue it. And the words that are used here in the Hebrew for love are the same uh, words or word that would be used for a love between a husband and a wife, uh, even like a romantic uh, type of uh, passion, if you will, compassion uh, for this thing called mercy in our lives. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. A little bit of review bears repeating. Needs to be reminded of these things. Amen. We know the devil tries to steal the word from us. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, not by having heard, but by hearing. Amen. Now, I'm going to read these verses to you again. I think this will be about our third or fourth time to go through these. We've commented on several of them. But I want to just remind you of something and then tell you something new uh, before we do it. First of all, um, if we're going to be men and women after God's own heart, um, if we're going to align ourselves with Him, then when we show mercy to other people, we're being like Him. We know from Scripture that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Sometimes we, we hear accuser of the brethren and, and we think that that means false accuser of the brethren. You know, like that he's accusing people of stuff that they didn't do. Well, that's not, I'm not saying he doesn't try to lie on you, um, but a lot of times he's, he's accusing us with, of stuff that we've actually done. The accuser of the brethren. See, we hear that and we think, well, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, being judgmental if it's true. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus never discussed whether or not the man actually had, um, you know, a splinter in his eye, a speck in his eye. He, it was a given. He's got the speck. Jesus said, why do you feel compelled to point it out? See, when we point out other people's faults, when we uh, form and express negative opinions about other people, we're not being like God. We're being like the accuser of the brethren. We're being like the enemy. We're being like the devil. The next thing um, I know it's uh, you know January. And a lot of a lot of people uh, focus more on their health and exercise and things like that uh, around this time of year. And I don't know if you have. I know I have in the past. You know, you you, you get on like an exercise regimen. You know, um, maybe like Monday, Wednesday, Friday you uh, do cardio, and then Tuesday, when Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday you do uh, some type of weight training. You know, these these types of uh, uh, to be honest with you, I, I tend to do better with that type of a, of a deal where I know when I go to bed, you know, tonight what, uh, or, or you know, the night before, what I'm going to do the next morning, that sort of thing. Um, and so as we read through Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 38 through 48, I, I want you to think of this. I'm not trying to trivialize it or minimize it, uh, you know, water it down or anything like that. But I want you to hear it this time almost as if Jesus is prescribing for you and me a workout for our love. 
In other words, a workout meaning a way for us to strategically exercise um, our love so that it can be, can be strong and, and, and better developed, okay? So Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 38, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, to not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Right, so no, notice what we're doing now. We're doing some heavy lifting when it comes to love right here. All right, th- th- this, is, this is big boy stuff. I mean, this, is the, this is that room at the back of the gym, you know, w- where it's just the, the big weight pile. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, is, this is sure enough... Uh, exercising and, and, and developing uh, our uh, ability to, to love and love effectively and love uh, thoroughly. Uh, so let's keep going now. Verse 41, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, let me, let me stop here for a moment. There's a tie-in here that I've had in my notes now for, for several weeks, and I'm, I'm not going to try to develop it. Uh, uh, maybe we will later, maybe, maybe not, but I just want to make sure that you see this if you haven't seen it already, okay? We, we talked last week from these verses about, about Jesus calling us out of our comfort zone of loving other people. Because it's very easy to love people who already love you first. It's very easy to speak to people who, who speak to you first or you know or speak back to you, what, what have you. He's, he's saying, what do you do more than these? He's calling us out of our comfort zone. So to, to come out of your comfort zone, in other words... The, 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 the small circle that you're comfortable, you know, in loving other people and being loved by other people, right? He's wanting us to expand that. He's wanting us to welcome more people into that. He's wanting us to get outside of that and, and beyond that, all right? So guess what that's going to require? I mean, it's, it's going to require trust in the Lord. You see, everything that Jesus just uh, instructed us to do in verses uh, 38 through 44, okay, uh, all carry with it what seemed to be uh, a level of risk, right? In other words, no, do, you see, do you see what I'm talking about here? If, if you're going to love like this, you're going to have to trust God because religion and the world will tell you that if you try to live your life this way, that people will make a doormat out of you, that people will walk all over you, that people will take advantage of you, that, pe- that people will use you and abuse you and they won't respect you and blah, 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 blah. See, remember, all the ways of God require that you trust Him. Amen. Everything God asks you to do, He asks you to do it because it has your best interest in mind. But again, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to trust God. So notice, we're developing two very, very, very important things in our lives. We're developing our ability to love more effectively, more durably, okay? And we're, and we're at the same time, developing our trust in God, because the only way to learn to trust God is to trust Him. See, what I believe He's saying here is that if you'll trust Him enough to show mercy to other people, He'll make sure you're always taken care of and you're always protected, I said something years ago, and, um, and Brother Bruce Bazin, he, he wrote it down, and from time to time, he reminds me of it. 
at strategic spirit-led moments in my life, he'll send me a text of when he wrote this down, right? And, and it goes something like this. Even when it looks like I'm losing, I'm winning. See, even, even when, you know, everybody around me may be saying, man, you, you're, you're losing, They're, you're being ripped off, you're being taken advantage of, they're getting the best of you, you're so naive. Do you think anybody ever accused Jesus of being naive? Man, I have been accused so many times in my life of being naive. And listen, probably have been, okay? I tell people all the time, if you want to fool me, you could probably fool me because I'm not looking for the fault in your life. I'm trying to find something good and positive in your life, amen? To, to be merciful and to show mercy means you give people the benefit of the doubt. You see, you see what I'm saying? So that means if, if you're leaning towards, you know, understanding and giving people the benefit of the doubt and, and trying to, um, I won't use any names, but we, we had uh, uh, family birthdays last night. Uh, mine and then Matt's and then Oliver's, 3rd, 5th, and 10th of January. And so we were at mom and dad's and, and, um, and so it was funny cause as the conversation ebbed and flowed, um, somebody said something about, you know, mercy and somebody else said something about this. And finally John Mark said, yeah, but did you trust, you know, is it, so, you know, just keeping those things in, in the, in the dialogue, but, um, I won't use any names, but there was somebody who called Vanessa in her role at the school where she works and, 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 and this guy was being really. Uh, just using foul language and this and that and what have you, you know. And, and she's listening to the voicemail and she's like, oh, no, you know. Um, but again, going to show mercy. She's right there on the cutting edge of it. Amen. And, and it turns out this was an, an, an older person who had a timid student that was, was bashful about asking for the information that they needed and this guy, I'm not, again, not making excuses. He shouldn't be talking gruff to people and all these other things. But she was just sharing with me how when she took the time to be polite to this man and hear his story. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? Okay. Now, again, but if, 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 you're, if you're going to give people the benefit of the doubt and if you're going to look for the best in them instead of the worst in them. That means that there's people that, that can potentially trick you and fool you, but it's not. See, even if it looks like you're losing, you're winning. You think, well, if, if, they, if they take my, my sweater and I give them my coat, I'm going to go cold. I'm going to be cold. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? First of all, sowing and reaping. Amen. There are certain things, and I'm not here to, 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 to try to go into all this about me, but there are certain things in my life that the Lord's laid on my heart to give to other people, not just money, but certain things. And like you start giving people shoes, I got more shoes than I can wear. So if, if you just, you know, let of the Spirit give somebody so something like that into somebody's life, how much more when it's, it's, it's combined with an act of mercy because, because what, what is the thinking here? The thinking here is if, if this person is so in need of clothing that they feel like they've got to steal my sweater, right? See, this parallels with what Jesus said. They, they said, well, Jesus, what, what, how do we do? Or was it, I think maybe John the Baptist. I, I, I'm maybe combining two things together here. But the Bible says, whoever said it, the Bible says this, right? If you have two coats, go find somebody that doesn't have one and, and give it to them. See, that's that's... That's mercy. That's 
That's, that's sowing, all right? Um, so, he, he's, again, we're, we're, we're talking about some heavy lifting here uh, of, 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 you know, extending mercy, which is building up our ability to love. And so he goes on, verse 45, let's keep going. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He does, in other words, God doesn't just, you know, cause beneficial things to happen in other, uh, in, in people who love him, uh, you know, for people rather who love him. I mean, can you imagine if God's like, okay, the only people getting any sunshine today, right? No, he, what do we know about the, 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 um, the sun and the rain, right? These are the things necessary for production and for harvest and for growth and increase. If a farmer doesn't have any sunshine and he doesn't have any rain, um, he's going to go hungry. So people who don't even believe there is a God, God is merciful to them. And, and, and blesses them uh, with, with these types of things. And so he says, if, if you love those, verse 46, um, who love you, meaning only those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Okay? So that word perfect, there's a lot of things that are, that are tying in here. He's talking about you'll be like your Father uh, in, uh, in heaven, uh, be perfect as He is perfect. He's talking about complete and well-rounded. And, and I'm sure there's other things, we've, we've talked about other things here, but the, the one part that the Holy Spirit seems to really be breathing on, and, and this is where we're going to kind of settle in here for the next few minutes, is is that this idea of a, of a well-rounded love, that's what this word perfect means. It, it means something that's come full circle. It carries with it the idea of wholeness or completeness. What's the opposite of something that's whole or complete? Okay. Um, well, if, you know, it's one thing to have a whole cake. It's another thing to have uh, a cake with about four slices you know, removed from it. One is whole and complete. One is not so much, right? So he's, he's talking here about our love being like God's love, which is a well-rounded love or a perfected love. That's what this word perfect means. Teleos in the Greek, that which has come full circle, that which is fully developed would be another way. This is why we often see this word translated as mature. Mature meaning something that is fully developed as opposed to something that is underdeveloped. Or, you know, just because something's underdeveloped, that, that doesn't mean that it can't grow and develop some more. So he's talking about you and me having a fully developed love that would, that would correspond with or that would be like the fully developed love that our Father has for us. And notice the context here of Father's love being fully developed is that He doesn't just love people who love Him. He doesn't just do good, nice things for people who do good, nice things for Him, but He does it both for the just and the unjust. He does it for people who, who uh, you know, include Him and strive to please Him and try to serve Him, and He does it for people who ignore Him and, and deny that He even exists. So, again, he's, this is clear about God. In other words, it's not like we have to have this verse to know this about God. But, but the context of this is so important because he's not just talking about God. He's talking about you and me. 
And the context here is us loving people who are difficult to love. He's talking about us exercising our heart muscle, our, our ability to love other people, right, by, by leaning into um, some of these uh, more challenging and difficult uh, situations that inevitably are going to come up in our lives. Do you realize how many people in the world today that at one time were very, very close, um, enjoyed one another's company, uh, man, this friends, families, husbands, wives, um, but they allowed things to, to come into that relationship that ultimately split and divided that relationship. And people that used to vacation together don't even speak to one another anymore. People that used to, you know, uh, couldn't get enough of one another's company. Now they, they, they would, if they saw you three aisles over in Walmart, they would avoid one another, these kinds of things. My friend, this is, this is, this is not pleasing to God. Uh, th- that's the devil's business, not, not how God operates, okay? So um, without mercy, our love will always be shallow and one-sided. If you only love those who love you, if you only reach out to people you're close with, if you only speak to those who speak to you first, notice how you're playing it close to the vest. But our love will never grow. Or let me say it another way, our love will never be complete. It'll never be well-rounded if that's um, all we ever do with it. So now let's go to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. Praise God. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 17. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, so there's a lot here. If you haven't read 1 John lately, I would encourage you to do it. Five chapters, you can probably knock it out before bed tonight. Amen. But there's just a lot that's in there. And the Gospel of John, uh, you know, I feel almost childish at times talking about favorite verses, favorite this, favorite that. But, you know, the Gospel of John is, is noticeably, um, you know, coming from a different perspective um, than the other three Gospels. And that has a lot to do with the instrument the Holy Spirit chose to write it, and that's, that's John. And he was, uh, I think, by far the closest to Jesus of any human being on this earth during Jesus' earthly ministry. And he had unique insight. And when you study the Gospel of John and then go to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, especially 1st John, you, you see a lot of connection. You see a lot of, of parallels, um, as is the case with, with some of the other epistles. But in, in John, you, you, you see things that Jesus talked about that he then uh, also would, would amplify and, and build on. And so, First um, John chapter 4, and I knew last week when we came to this verse, I had just, I guess, a, a, a typo. I only included verse 18, and my intentions were to include verse 17. And, but anyway, um, so... 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, okay? And it says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, if you're looking for some verses to meditate, amen, that's a good one right there. Um, It's... Oh, it's deep, my brother, my sister. That's, that's some richness right there. 
Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we. As He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. So remember, let's go back to, I want to make sure you tie these things together, okay? He says, you will be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. What was the context of that? The, the, the love that Father has, even for people who um, are, are you know, unjust or you know, the, the evil or what have you. Uh, he, he loves people who don't necessarily love Him. He's good to people who aren't necessarily good to Him. And He says that if we would do the same, then we would be perfect, well-rounded, um, as our Father in heaven is well-rounded. Uh, as I'm not saying it doesn't spill over into other areas, but the, spe- the specific subject there is our well-rounded in our love. Okay? Well-rounded in our love. And then we see there's no fear in love. So notice that um, the opposite of being bold, and, it, and bold is a stronger word than confident, but if, if bold you know, throws you as far as connecting with the meaning, just think confident. Having confidence are you following me? You know, think about some of the, 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 the different things in life. Maybe when you were in school, you know, it's one thing to take a test with confidence versus taking a test where you're not sure about it. When you know the material, you know it frontwards and backwards, you, you know, then on the day of judgment, the day you go take the test, um, you go in there with, with confidence. Are, are, are you seeing this? The opposite of being confident or being bold is to be timid, intimidated, uh, anxious, um, fearful. All these words are just designer words for fear. So do you see the tie-in here about the well-rounded, perfected love? Um, It it does what? It casts out fear. It gives us boldness uh, in the day of judgment. Okay, Uh, But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So... Fear in our lives is a sign of of a, and a what we could what's the right word here Holy Spirit help me some of the words I have in my notes like partial not fully developed you know uh, a few slices short of a full cake you know what I'm saying or whatever um, in other words let's just let's let's simplify it okay it means we've got some room to grow. It means we, we still got some, some areas that we can um, develop in, okay? So again, perfected love means complete or full circle, and mercy helps make our love well-rounded. See, you, you can love folks with, without necessarily being strong in the, in the area of mercy, that would kind of be the people who are good to you, people who love you, people who never cross you, people who, you know, n- never do anything to irritate you or, or, or what have you, um, or just mildly irritate you. Um, so this is why he's saying what, if you only love those who love you, if you, you're only good to people who are good to you, if you only speak to people who, who either speak to you first or you know will speak back to you. Again, that's that, that comfort zone. But see, if, if we stay in, in, in that limited sphere of love, our love is going to remain undeveloped. I hope I'm saying this right because it's important, okay? So I'm just reading from my notes here. Perfected love is speaking to fully developed, well-rounded love. 
Now, if there's, a, if there's a such thing as fully developed love, there must be a such thing as partially developed love. That's what he's saying has not been made perfect in love. In other words, that doesn't mean that person doesn't love at all. But there's, a, there's, there's an incomplete uh, development. There's, there's a partially developed love. If there is a love that is well-rounded or, for, or full circle, there must be a love that's not. A love that is missing something or lacking in some way. Are you seeing this? A love that is missing something or that is lacking in some way. All right? So I think you're probably already ahead of me. But more times than not, mercy for other people is what's lacking in our love. Okay? Mercy for other people. Let me try to say it another way. When it comes to love, where do you have the most room for growth? Okay? That doesn't mean, listen to me now, I want to make sure that we make this clear before we go any further. Um, you can grow in your love for people you already love. You know what I'm saying? You know, marriage is getting stronger and developing and, 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 and these things. So I'm not saying that we, you know, if, if we already love somebody and, we, and we're good with that, then that you can't grow or increase in that area. You absolutely can. But when it comes to love, where do we have the most room for growth? Loving those who are hard to love is the area we all have the most room for growth in. Loving those who love you is much easier than loving those who have wronged you in some way. So well-rounded, mature, fully developed love means extending the kind of mercy Jesus taught us about. Let, let, me, let me see if I can say this another way. It's like, man, you know, such a nice person, this or that or whatever, but man, you just, you know, they're good to you, but if you ever cross them. See, in other words, what are we saying? We're saying this person is kind, they're generous, they're giving, unless you do something to upset them. And then all of a sudden, they're through with you. They're, they're cutting you off. They, you're dead to them. They're not speaking to you anymore. Blah. Well, it's not that this person doesn't have any kind of level um, or, or degree of love for other people in their lives, but notice the gaping hole is in continuing to love people um, when they're wrong or when they do something they shouldn't have done or when they you know, cross some line or some boundary or, wh- or what have you. All right? Now... Praise God. Um, let, let's. Where does the time go? Um, I, you listen. You know, sometimes me and the Holy Spirit. You know, we just. Well, first of all, we always have a good time. But sometimes, you know, He just says things to me that it, it kind of makes me grin. All right. And so I just again, you meditate on these things and. And he'll start just kind of feeding you stuff, you know, and, and that's the sweet spot of life for me, especially in sermon and, and class preparation, right? But this, this I, I feel like this is straight, I'm not going to take credit for it, I feel like this is straight for him, from him, okay? 
if there was a college degree program for those majoring in love, then learning to love mercy would be the senior project necessary for graduation. See? And by the way, we, we're supposed to be majoring on love. Are you, you follow what I'm saying? This, that, you know, that, that's, that's not a minor, that's a major. We're supposed to be majoring on, on love. God is love. If we're going to reflect Him in His image in this created realm, then we're going to have to reflect love. But, you know, how you know, school and college works, you start with some introductory basic things, but then as you move from a freshman to a sophomore, from a sophomore to a junior, from a junior to a senior, right, things, if you're going to continue to, to, to progress through the studies, they're, they're getting progressively more difficult. In other words, they're getting harder. But then you come to that, you know, big project, you know, uh, for me, it was uh, it involved writing and producing. You know, in those days, the equipment was, you know, boat anchors now. But uh, you know, video. I, I was in communications, and so we had this big communications project and all these other things, um, where you basically taken everything you've learned uh, throughout your, uh, you know, studies and coursework, and and present it uh, in 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 a in a in a package. Uh, to your peers and, and to your professors and, and, and things of this nature. Okay, Matthew had to do the same thing with electrical engineering. I'll be the first to tell you what he had to do was much harder than what I had to do. Okay, um, Bethany's, if y'all recall, if you were around Heritage in those days, um, she did this long year, long year and a half long uh, research on acorns. Are they acorns or acorns? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Those things that fall out of oak trees. Okay, um, and. You know, so it, it's kind of like all these things that she'd learned about genetics and 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 cell reproduction and all this other stuff, right? Well, th- so it all culminated in this in this senior project, you know, that that she was required uh, for for graduation. So again, if there was a college degree program for those majoring in love, then learning to love mercy. No, no it's not just being merciful. Jesus didn't, he, the Word of God doesn't say be merciful. He said that God requires that we, that we love mercy. That's, that's graduate level stuff there, right? Okay. That, that, then learning to love mercy would be the senior project necessary for graduation. Or let me say it another way. When you get to the, where, where you love mercy, in other words, showing mercy to people and you actually enjoy it, that's some well-rounded love right there, see? And notice what that does to fear. In other words, why, why would you, you know, when Jesus went through that whole list of things, and we're like, yeah, I'm right. I'm not doing it over my dead body. Well, I do that, everybody, in my business. I mean, it's, you know, it's all these other things. Notice the reason that we would, like, not do that is we are afraid of, of how it would be received, what it would do to us, how it would affect our bottom line. I mean, people in need given to them, well, I'm not made of money, blah, blah, blah you know. But no, what, what we're doing in, in, in exercising, that's the word that I feel like the Holy Spirit keeps bringing to the surface as well, is just like anything we exercise, it grows, it develops, and it gets stronger, Okay. Now, some of these things we said last week, I'm just going to run through a couple more right quick and then we'll pray, all right? Without mercy, we wind up 
only loving the people who love us first. Extending mercy will place a demand on the potential you already possess to love like Jesus loves. Extending mercy will move you out of your loving others' comfort zone. Extending mercy to others will fortify and strengthen your ability to love God and others. So I'm going to stop right there. Okay? Because clearly... We see it in 1 John 4, but if, if you take just what is said in 1 John 4, I think that's more than enough to make the point. But once our eyes are open to the point, you then see it, for that matter, all the way in the, in the Old Testament, but especially in the New Testament. So you say, see what, Pastor Mark? You see that extending mercy that helps bring us into a well-rounded position, perfected. You'll be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect because His love's well-rounded. As your love becomes well-rounded, it sets in motion all kinds of, um, of, of you know, extra benefits. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, um, in, in your life. Notice, ex- extending mercy... And developing and maturing your ability to, to love other people, now all of a sudden you find yourself like overcoming fear in every area of your life. You see, in other words, the 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 um, if if it was a negative thing, I would call it collateral damage. But I'm not talking about something like damage, but it's it's all of these extra uh, additional uh, bonuses and benefits in our lives that, that um, we experience and enjoy because we're not halfway or three-quarters of the way, you know, loving people, but we're allowing the instructions of Jesus to help develop our love into a, a, a more well-rounded, mature um, love. And, and so then the next thing you know, you're bold and you're confident and, and you're certain and, um, you know, Paul, John went on to talk about this uh, in 1 John when he said that, that when we love, not by just what we say, but by what we do, that it assures our hearts before God. It literally, it literally removes the doubt from our heart and replaces it with confidence and boldness. Amen. All right, stand with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I just uh, ask you right now to show, uh, Lord, some, first of all, Lord, I, I know in my heart from the Holy Spirit that some folks don't need you to show them because they already have been shown. They already know. But, Father, I, I just ask you tonight that, that if not before we leave the room, Lord, at least before we go to sleep tonight, that you would show us some specific situation in our lives where we need to be more merciful to other people or, or another person. Whatever that, whatever that may be, Lord, I, it, it may be something very, uh, you know, small or minor. Um, Lord, where, you know, we just feel like we're just constantly correcting somebody that, that um, 
you know, just own them all the time, or whatever the case, Lord, it could be something seemingly very insignificant all the way up to something, Lord, very serious that, that needs to be forgiven. Um, but, but, Lord, that we wouldn't just hear about these things, um, but that we would, you know, take that next step, let you show us um, some practical way related to our lives and, and, and our livelihoods, our existence, where we can we can show and extend mercy to to another person in order that we would we would get excited about it father that we we would like you're not something we have to do but something we get to do um, and lord we just we thank you for loving us we thank you for being so merciful to us and and father you you have literally given us the ability to set um the standard uh for the mercy that we receive by the mercy that we show others and and so, Lord, help us not only learn that lesson, but put it into practice in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're loved. If nobody's told you that today, thank you for being here. Good things coming for you and yours. Um, speak the word. Stand in faith. Um, bind the enemy. Uh, loose the protection and healing of God and the angels that minister for uh, the heirs of salvation. And um, you have a great rest of your week. Amen. Good things.